Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this round of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. I am JB at the desk, comfortably seated with the internet before me <laughs> and joined by uh, Steve Berthume from the ballpark out there. Uh, Steve, thanks for being with us. We know you had a bit of a traffic adventure to make it to us, but we appreciate <laughs> you fighting your way through it to join us. How are you today? No problem, JB. I apologize for being late. We hit uh, some major traffic coming from the hotel on the team bus, but uh, so about uh, 10 minutes late, so I apologize, but happy to be here. Uh, yeah, I, I accept your apologies. The fans will be voicing their displeasure, I'm sure, as we go through the questions. I'm sure they're, de- I'm sure they're <laughs> devastated, yes. Uh, the joy of the Internet is, of course, it's still here, which is what's great about uh, the Internet. That's so here's, true. Here's the deal, folks. I know you're in line, so if you're not in line, push the green button on the MLB Fans app. Get your device fired up. Talk to Steve directly. Let me just be an audience member. It is what I am best at. In the meantime, the hashtag on Twitter is ChattingCage, or as I said, the MLB Fans app is your way to go. You can type in your question in the comments section, and I'll read it like this. From Walden45, Steve, who's your NL MVP right now? Uh, well, uh, obviously I'm going to say Paul Goldschmidt, but uh, it has the added benefit of being true. Uh, I don't think there's... W- I, I don't think there's one clear, outstanding choice for NL MVP. I think it's a very close vote. Um, you could make an excellent case for Nolan Arenado. You can make a terrific case for Giancarlo Stanton, uh, especially after he hit two last night. And if he gets 60, that's going to be a pretty good case. But, uh, you know, I look at Charlie Blackman's numbers. Those are fairly Coors Field heavy. Arenado uh, to a lesser degree, certainly. But I think when you factor in defense, and Goldie's the best defensive first baseman of the game, uh, base running, he's the best base runner on the Diamondbacks, uh, consistency and things like that. I think day in and day out on a team that uh, has clinched a postseason spot with a good week or so to go, uh, for me, he's the choice. Uh, that's an excellent argument. And one might even cover up that logo and think you were impartial. <laughs> Even if you weren't oh, sorry, I, my hand is on my heart here. No, it, it's not a it's not a great race. There's no clear cut favorite, I say. But I think when you factor in everything, I, that gives Goldie the edge for I me. Do, I do. That's an easy argument to make for voters. I think it's gonna be a tough one this year, and Goldie might have that edge, as you said. A fan joins us here. What's your name? What's your question for Steve? I'm Gabby. I'm from Chicago. What made you decide to be a broadcaster? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I've always wanted to be in sports media. I loved watching games. I loved watching uh, sports casts on the local news when I was a, a kid. Uh, as far back as sixth or seventh grade growing up in Boston, I would watch all the local sports stations to see how they covered the Patriots and the Celtics and the Bruins and the Red Sox. And it's something I always wanted to do. And I was lucky enough to uh, work at some great local markets. I worked at CNN for three years in Atlanta. I loved it there. I was at ESPN in Bristol for almost 13 years. And now I'm finishing up my fifth season here as the Diamondbacks TV play-by-play man. It's great to be in studio and cover different events and do a a Sports Center show or a Baseball Tonight show every night, but uh, there's nothing better than being at the ballpark. So when I had the opportunity to come to the Diamondbacks, I jumped at it, and it's uh, it's been great. I'm very, very lucky to be here. Excellent question there, Gabby. We appreciate that. And, Steve, thanks for filling us in on that path. I know it's been something you've dreamed of for a long time. You have a (laughs) great job in the business, and it's an exciting 2017 there in the desert. Uh, that was an excellent question to the nuts and bolts of it. Here's the other kind of questions we get here at the cage. This is from Los Angelinos 22. Steve, have you had the churro oh. dog at Chase Field? 
If so, how delicious was it? <laughs> I, I can't. I, I've learned sort of the hard way not to try and exist on ballpark food for six or seven months a year. So I really, you have to do some legwork and plan uh, the way you're going to eat. Oftentimes I fail. But uh, I've tried not to eat at whatever ballpark I'm at. I try to go in and have a, a big lunch, and then when you get to the park, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to distract you. So you don't often have time to eat dinner or you just forget. So I try to make sure that I'm not dependent on ballpark food uh, for my diet. Otherwise, uh, I don't think I'd survive, but I haven't had the chance to have the churro dog yet. I've, I've tried hard. To, I've learned the hard way. Don't uh, depend on the ballpark for dinner. That's an excellent. That's, this is a grizzled veteran move right there, folks, because here's the challenge. <laughs> you, you try that churro dog in April and you love it. There's going to be a lot of Steve by October. That's just how that's going to go. Yeah, that, well, there are, there's already way too much anyway. It just happens over the course of a, you know, if you count spring training, it's seven months pretty much every day, so it really can be a grind. And uh, it's tough to maintain a good physical health and condition and diet and exercise uh, when you're having a game literally almost every day. So the players, I don't know how they do it, because here almost at the end of September, you're pretty much hit the wall. Uh, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, a young fan joins us here in the cage. We're excited about that. I'm curious to see what this question is. Sir, what's your name? What's your question for Steve? I am Daniel from South Jersey. Um, and my question for you, Steve, is what surprised you most about the Diamondbacks playoff run this year? Hey, Daniel, that's a great question. That's a great open-ended, quick question. Uh, <laughs> what surprised me most, I think, probably the quality of the starting pitching. I think we all expected that the starting pitching would be better than it was last year. Last year it was really poor at times, but I don't think anybody expected it to be this good. I mean, Zach Greinke has had a tremendous bounce back season. He's probably a top five National League Cy Young candidate. And Robbie Ray has taken two or three steps forward, I think, and become a legitimate ace. Some of the Diamondbacks really have a one and a one A uh, in their rotation. And I think Robbie, if we can get to the division series and play the Dodgers, Robbie Ray owns the Dodgers. He just owns them. The numbers are unbelievable. So I think that Diamondbacks match up very well in the division series with the Dodgers because of that and because of their starting pitching. Taiwan Walker's been great. Patrick Corbin had a great seven or eight week run where he was terrific. Zach Godley at times has been, uh, been really the unheralded and unsung hero for this team. So if I had to say something, I think the, definitely the starting pitching. It's been terrific for most of the year. Uh, an exciting time. And as you said, if the uh, Dodgers get, uh, if they're Arizona gets a shot at the Dodgers. They are a thorn in their side. That will be a great series. We'll see how that plays out. Well, yeah, I mean, the great thing is if, if, if you get past the wild card game, and it looks like we'll play Colorado, mm -hmm. uh, then you're at Dodger Stadium game one of the division series. You can throw Robbie Ray, let's say, games one and five in L.A. Mm -hmm. He's been just about the best road pitcher in the major leagues this year. His numbers against the Dodgers are dominant. So you've got Robbie starting, say, one and five, one and four, whatever it is, at L.A. You've got Greinke at home in the middle of that series there. Diamondbacks won the season series with the Dodgers. I think that starting pitching and the way it lines up for the D-backs mm -hmm. is a big, big advantage. Uh, and a tremendous story just across the board. The narratives will be fun to watch. The stats will be what they will be. But those of us who like to tell some stories, there'll be stories to tell. Uh, <laughs> which actually leads us, it's great to talk about uh, what you've seen over the course of the season. Time now for the EDJ question of the day. So Steve, what's the biggest change to this team that you've seen under Torrey? Uh, that's a great question. Probably the communication. Uh, Tory has just been a revelation as a manager. He's done an unbelievable job, and I think where he really excels 
is his communication ability, the way he connects with his players on an individual one-on-one basis. Uh, There's not a lot of speeches. He's not a guy that stands up in the front of the room and makes big, long declarations or speeches, but he's a guy who does spend a tremendous amount of time before games, after games, often during the games, over the course of the game in the dugout, of having one-on-one conversations. And and when you see Torrey in action, he always looks you right in the eye. He has a direct one-on-one conversation, and he gets to know his players that way. And he does it one at a time. And I think that's that's really, really helped change the culture here in 2017. Thank you for those thoughts. I think those are spot on as well. That's uh, it's been a great thing. And, and when you look at the numbers, folks, uh, you consider the Dodgers' uh, record. It's it's pretty impressive. And man, there's some great numbers to those Diamondbacks as well. Another fan joins us here in the cage from uh, Mobile. Excited by that, sir. What's your name? What's your question for Steve? Hey, I'm Brandon. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. How's it going, Steve? Hey, Brandon. Good to hear from you. Um. Anyways. There's a good Kurt Schilling quote out there that says, sometimes you need a pitcher to go out there and win you one baseball game, one to nothing. I just was wondering how you think the uh, wild card game is going to go down. Uh, well, they haven't officially announced Zach Greinke as the wild card game starter. I think Torrey is going to do that after the game tonight. But if you look at the numbers, and I don't want to get too wonkish and number heavy, but Zach Greinke's numbers at Chase Field this year are really, really good. I think he's 13-1. and one at home this season. So that's a big advantage right there uh, if Greinke does indeed start the wild card game. And he's lined up to start it after tonight's start on exactly five days rest. So he'll work that game on his normal five-day routine. Um, The thing is, if you do play Colorado, and we play the Rockies 19 times a year, and I can tell you after watching 19 games a year versus the Rockies for five years now, Anything can happen. When the Diamondbacks and Rockies get together, there's no way to predict what's going to happen. I don't know who might pitch for Colorado, maybe John Gray, maybe Herman Marquez, but when the Rockies and Diamondbacks get together, it's hard to really expect anything because anything could happen. So that's a real wild card there in that wild card game. Uh, It certainly is, and boy, what they would say is a small sample size in one game. As you say, Steve, anything can happen. Brandon, thanks for joining us here in the chatting cage. This is the Edward Jones chatting cage. I'm JB. That is Steve Berthume, the play-by-play caller for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, we appreciate him taking time out of his day to join us here as they are winding up their regular season and looking forward to that wild card game uh, and how that may play out for a Diamondbacks team at 92 wins right now. I think that's what's amazing about it, Steve. You look at this team as it's shaked up. Uh, there's been some surprise to it, but the success has been there. It's just been overshadowed by, you know, that team up the road over there a little bit north and, uh, or actually, no, a little bit more due west, which is uh, pretty phenomenal. That's fine. That's the way we like it, JB. Uh, (laughs) Let the Dodgers, I mean, they played miserable baseball for six weeks. They They were on a historic run, as everybody knows, and then they went in the tank for about four or six weeks, and they're leveled off, and they had a great team. They're going to win 100 games, uh, and they deserve the division title. They've had a tremendous season, but They don't want to play the Diamondbacks. I can tell you that right now. The Diamondbacks beat them in the season series this year. The Diamondbacks swept the Dodgers both home and away the last two series we've played against them. Uh, And this is a team that has uh, a dominant pitcher in Robbie Ray who has really, really shoved it against the Dodgers this year. So this is an excellent matchup for the Diamondbacks, provided, of course, you get past the wild card game on Wednesday. Uh, It's an exciting time, a great time of year as we approach the end here at the beginning of October. A fan joins us. What's your name, sir? What's your question for Steve? Hey, Steve. This is Pat out in Sedona. My question for you is, which broadcaster did you look up to most early on in your career? 
Oh, hey, Pat, that's a great question. Uh, I was really lucky. I grew up in Boston, um, which is a tremendous sports town, a tremendous media town. Uh, and, and the broadcasters in the Boston market made a really, really strong impression on me when I was just a, a grade school kid. I, I grew up listening to Fred Cusick uh, do Bruins games on Channel 38 in Boston and the great Bob Wilson doing Bruins hockey on WBZ radio and Gil Santos, who did Patriots games on radio for 20-something years. And Johnny Most, of course, those guys were great. I grew up listening to Ned Martin uh, do Red Sox games and with when Hawk Harrelson uh, did the color as well for a while and I got to talk to Hawk about that earlier this year when we played the White Sox. Uh, as, as a kid growing up those were my guys and then more on a national level uh, I always love the Saturday game of the week on NBC with Joe Garagiola and Tony Kubek. I have a, a bunch of old games on my laptop computer. I watch them often when we're on a long plane flight or it's a day off in a city or we're in the hotel or something. I'll click on an old game on my iTunes and watch uh, Joe and Tony do an old game from the 70s or 80s. And uh, those were the guys that really made an impression on me. That has to be one of the best travel stories I've heard in a while there, Steve, in terms of what people have available <laughs> on the road. That's... I. I'm a nerd, man. I, I love the old games. I, I love to see how the game, so much has changed in the mm -hmm. game, JB, as you know, yep. but at the same time, it's the same game. And I, and I can watch uh, the Shambliss game from 76 with Keith Jackson and Howard Cosell doing the play-by-play the -play in the color. Or I could watch uh, the Royals-Yankees games or here in Kansas City from the late 70s and that great rivalry. Or you can watch uh, Jack Morris and John Smoltz with Jack Buck and Tim McCarver doing the play-by-play -play for CBS. I mean, you go back over the years, and yes, yeah, so much is different. There's technology and everything else. Mm -hmm. But so much is the same. And I love to watch those guys and see the way they did the games and what I can learn from them. Uh, it's great. Always working on the craft. Uh, that's one of the things, uh, kids, you should pay attention to that because that's the little tidbit in there that really does matter is that Steve's been working on this for a while. Cared about it a lot, still cares about it because if you carry that on a laptop on a plane, you care about it when there's all those other options to watch, folks. <laughs> we have another fan. Well, you know, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry, JB. I was just going to say, you know, I've been doing TV now. This is my 30th year in the business. And uh, I get asked that question like we just had uh, all the time. And and to me, I, I look at young people who might be in college or in school and they're studying uh, broadcasting, broadcast journalism. And there's so many of them that just want to be on TV. And, and you use the word craft. And I think that's really important. It is a craft. It's a skill. And those skills need to be studied and they need to be refined and they need to be worked on. Uh, for so many people, it seems just being on TV is the goal line and they consider themselves a success. And I never wanted to be that way, and I always tell young guys and girls, work on this. It's a skill. It's a craft. You don't just win the race because you're on television. There's just far too many people like that. Yeah, well said, Steve. In fact, uh, a fan joins us in the cage right now. What's your name, sir? What's your question for Steve? Hi, Steve. Uh, great job this year. I have two unrelated questions. Uh, one <laughs> All right. is, which, which current AZ Diamondback player do you think would make the best future manager? And also, ah. have you heard any chatter about replacing Fernando in the ninth with Daniel Descalso? <laughs> you mean as a pitcher, as a closer? He's got a zero ERA. <laughs> he does. You know, Bob Brenly and I have actually joked about that from time to time. Daniel has filled in in some blowout games as a pitcher. I don't think he's given up a hit, actually. He's been really good. Um, I would pick Daniel Descalso, actually, uh, as a really, really good managerial candidate because he's got sort of that low-key, I-can-deal-with-whatever-comes-down-the-road sort of personality. He's played in, I think, 
more than 40 postseason games in his career. He's about to play in another one. Uh, Descalso would be an excellent choice. He's a great team guy, gets along very well with his teammates. Uh, I'm a big Fernando Rodney guy. I know sometimes it's a roller coaster ride, but if you consider what they have with Fernando this year and the season that he's had, he's 39 saves. He's one away from 40. Uh, he's been one of the best closers in baseball, and I know everybody wants to see Archie Bradley pitch the ninth inning, but I think sometimes because when Fernando implodes, it gets a little ugly, but those implosions have only been three or four over the course of a long six-month season. So uh, when people say, hey, who else could close games for the Diamondbacks, I always go, oh, hold on. Look at the year that Fernando Rodney has had. He's about to finish off likely a 40-save season, and I don't know any team in baseball that wouldn't take a guy with 40 saves. Uh, I think they'd all be very happy to have that sort of stability there, even though the individual outings might have some white-knuckle parts of it. The results have been incredible for him yeah, this year. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he went, he had a string, uh, JB, during the uh, summer where he went six weeks without giving up a base hit. Yeah. Not a run, a hit. So he's been really, really good this year. And I think the Diamond, they, Diamondbacks wouldn't be where they are without Fernando Rodney. There's no getting around that. Well said on that, Steve. So I want to thank uh, Brandon and Pat and Daniel, all the rest of the fans for being a part of the cage here today. You guys make the show very, very special. We appreciate that. And for those who wrote in on the comments, I hope I got to them. If I didn't, you can yell at me on Twitter, so people do mostly anyway. Uh, and Steve, <laughs> of course, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day as you uh, prepare to do play-by-play -play for those Diamondbacks tonight. We appreciate you. Did you have a good time today? Uh, it was fun. I'm sorry. Again, I apologize for being late to blame the Kansas City traffic, but uh, I'm glad I could do it. Thanks for asking. Hey, no problem. It was a real delight to have you. Don't worry about it. Apologies. No apologies necessary. We're all good. The Internet's not going anywhere. Uh, we are, though. We're wrapping it up. That's the last regular season uh, chatting cage for 2017, everybody. We'll see, we'll see Steve. We'll see everybody else in October. Have a great weekend.